Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report. The podcast, through dangers untold and hardships outnumbered, have fought our way here to the castle beyond the Goblin City. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Here. Hey, man. <laughs> How's it going? It's going. Um, yeah. yeah, so this has been a crazy snowmageddon week since we last talked. Um, I was, I was thinking about it earlier today that every, it seems like every time we record, there's a sto- a snowstorm. <laughs> and I was a little bit like, maybe we should take a couple weeks off just so I don't have to shovel my driveway. <laughs> I know, you know right? maybe we can get a break for a bit. I but. know. So we live in the Chicagoland area. Um, and I know that the East Coast is getting slammed so much harder than we are, but we are getting a ton of snow dumped on us. And um, I feel for the East Coast people, but I also live in the Chicago winters every year. So um, on one hand, I'm so tired of shoveling my driveway. On the other hand, I like to ski. So more snow is good for me, too. So <laughs> Absolutely. We, we just took our I just took my son sledding this past weekend, and that was awesome. And like. He's not even two yet. So by sledding, it's like we jump on a sled with him and go down like a super tiny bunny slope. But it was still like such a good time. And uh, I guess the good thing about all the snow we've been getting is, well, I mean, probably not for you, but this is the one uh, benefit for COVID is I have been able to work at home, which means I'm not as stressed about the weather, you know, because I don't have to make that commute. So I actually have been kind of enjoying the winter weather this year, which is pretty nice. But yeah. Yeah, good point. (laughs) So before we go into this, um, I'm going to I've done there is something I have done, which no one else on this podcast has done yet. I don't think. Um, And just as a quick review. um, So if you've been if you've been listening to the show, you know that I work in law enforcement. So that puts me in the line to get the COVID vaccine. So I got my first shot of the COVID vaccine. Oh, uh, wow. So in terms of the review I can give you, one of the things I thought was kind of cool is that it was administered by, to, by the National Guard. So that was kind of fun. Um, and it was very, what the takeaway being the sci-fi comic book pop culture nerd that I am, I was totally like walking in there and it is exactly what you did. Well, and I don't know if it is for everybody, but because of my job, the way I was walking into it, it was exactly what you'd expect from a sci-fi movie where the military is administering vaccines. <laughs> right. Um, so I was like, wow, it's like walking into like some crazy science fiction virus film. Um, is it the sort of like 28 days? I think it's 28 days later thing where they've got the uh, it's almost like tents set up and the rooms are separated by like see through tarps and stuff. Well, <laughs> we didn't have a see through. It's very tarps, uh, eerie have, almost. 
Yeah, it, d- definitely that. They didn't have the tents or the see-through tarps, but they did have, definitely had the room separated and the racks of chairs where you'd sit down and someone mm-hmm. was there with needle. Like, it's just <laughs> the whole thing. It was just very, like, science fiction. Military personnel everywhere. Um, the uh, I will say this, is I've heard many people say that the second shot of the vi- of the vaccine is what gives you the side effects. The side effect I have right now is my arm hurts bad. Um, <laughs> they are not joking about that at all. Cause you know, you get a shot and you're just like, yeah, shots hurt. Big deal. No, your arm's going to hurt. And, uh, it, the messed up part is you feel it in your sleep. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's all. That's, that's my <laughs> review right now. Otherwise I feel fine and rock the party. Here we go. You know, so. <laughs> nice. I look forward to the review of, uh, the sequel <laughs> to this adventure. <laughs> I could be, I could be doing a podcast under the weather. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, all right. That being Fingers said, well, I, I know. So let's just put it this way. If you're itching to get the vaccine, it's coming around, it's coming down the pipe for everybody. So on one hand, it's, I understand they keep talking about availability and stuff, but it's going to come down the pipe. So be patient, just everybody be safe and do what you got to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So Peter, let's jump into it, man. What are we watching? What are we reading? Uh, yeah, so I only have a couple things this week. I was actually a garbage human and didn't watch uh, WandaVision, so you'll ha- that review will be left <laughs> to you. But um, I did watch a couple things. Uh, the biggest thing I wanted to mention is uh, this new movie, The Little Things. Um, I th- I can't remember if it's on HBO Max or Prime because uh, my wife actually put the uh, movie on the TV, so I'm kind of just oblivious. But it's the new movie with uh, Denzel Washington, uh, Rami Malek, and Jared Leto. Um, are you familiar with this movie at all? Do you know anything about it? Have you watched it yet? This is, um, yeah, so this is on the list. This is yeah. uh, the one movie that I've had very little time to watch since it hit HBO Max. So mm-hmm. my plan is to have it watched by the next episode when we sit down to record. Um, awesome. Um, I, might not, I, I might not get that on the books, but I'm going to try my best before next episode. So go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to and I'm going to try. And th- it's hard to talk about this movie without spoiling anything, but I'll do my best. But uh, the one thing I can say is if you like crime movies um, and like especially slow burn, sort of like crime mystery thrillers, you're going to enjoy watching this at least. And Drew, I'm pretty sure that, you know, you like those kinds of movies. So you should like this one. But the movie is this is where it gets hard to the movie makes you feel like you're going down a certain path and uh the way it ends up might not necessarily be where you expect and i'm gonna leave it at that because like i said i don't want to want to spoil anything but uh it's a movie where when i first watched it the way it ended i was actually kind of disappointed with and uh i actually had to take a step back and think about the characters in their movies in the movie and uh you know everything about the characters lives and uh, their relationships to each other and the choices they made and when i really thought about it and thought about every character's motivations for what they did i actually kind of appreciated this movie and it kind of has a really sort of poignant interesting um I don't know if it's moral or message, I want to say at the end, um, that I actually really appreciated. But like I said, this is a super easy thing to spoil as most sort of 
mister murder mystery crime thrillers are so i don't want to go too much deeper than that but uh definitely check it out when you get the what when you get the chance drew and uh maybe we'll talk about it more because the way this movie goes i could see it being uh pretty divisive actually and uh i'll leave that one there um the other thing that i was able to watch as I finally watched the uh, Godzilla versus Kong trailer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <finally>. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie, well, first of all, from a plot standpoint, I loved uh, somebody even says it in the trailer. They're like, this is a war that was going on. And these are just the last two survivors of that war. And so King Kong and Godzilla are, you know, finishing the fight of this ancient war that they were both enrolled in basically. And I, that part of the plot I thought was amazing. Otherwise, most of the things that most of the human characters said, I didn't really care too much about. But I was really excited to see the giant monsters fight, <laughs> which is, <laughs> has kind of been the way I've felt about most of the, uh, you know, most of the movies in the series thus far is I love the monster stuff and kind of, you know, some of the humans and their sort of interrelationships with each other and stuff. I don't necessarily get too jazzed up for, but, uh, the action looks really awesome. It looks really fun. Um, I, yeah, I I'm just excited. There's not too much more to say about that, but I did really enjoy the sort of like ancient war aspect. I thought that was a really cool angle. Um, but that's about it for, for me. How about you? So I, yes, I did watch WandaVision and I'll give my like spoiler free review. I can right now. Um, it basically, I, I loved this episode a ton and there are lots of Easter eggs and lots of nuggets. Like this is probably, this is the first episode that really kind of hmm, gets you out of the bubble that we've been watching for the past yeah. three episodes. Does that make sense? So, um, you finally get the, you you finally get some clarity. Let me put it that way. Um, and if you've been listening to anything I have said over the first three episodes of WandaVision, um, you get some clarity. Let's put it that way. Um, so to not spoil it for anyone who's a little bit behind. And since you haven't watched it, I don't want to spoil it too bad. So it's <laughs> great. I will it say sound, it sounds like I picked the worst episode to uh, be behind so far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So far. Anyway, um, I will say that there is a thing going on line right now about how this episode very well may have given an Easter egg to the potential hint of the Fantastic Four. Oh, now, I have read the synopsis and reasoning and watched the videos of people explaining how this is potentially a Fantastic Four hint. And I'm going to say this. Their reasoning is sound. The idea and theory is great. But the Refer the line of dialogue in the episode that is potentially the reference is kind of obscure enough that everything that these people are theorizing can be wrong. Oh, right. That it's makes just, sense. It, th their reasoning and the why and the reason they say this is perfect and it sounds dead on, but it is such an obscure line that for that to be the Fantastic Four hint is it just makes me go. Is it <laughs> question mark? Um, so I don't want to put too much stock in it because it's the Internet fishing for Easter eggs, basically. Um, so, yeah, um, I'll leave it at that, I guess. Um, 
let's see what else did I do um and then that's in terms of new stuff that's about what I watched um I have uh continued reading on the DC uh Universe Infinite app um which is awesome I'm liking it more and more every day that I play with it and I'm getting more and more used to it which is great so um I don't know if you've had a chance to check that out but I've been digging through that and it's been great so it's it's one of those things where um, it's been at the it's I've just been thinking about it, but I just still haven't done it. And uh, it's kind of sad because I say to myself, like, I just haven't had the chance to sit down and read comics all week. But at the same time, I probably have. But I spent that time on Twitter or Instagram or, you know, I, I, I fizzled that time away when I could have been reading some awesome comics. So <laughs> yeah. that's uh, uh I guess that's just some sometimes you got to change your mindset. You know, are you wasting your time on social media or something you that's going to give bring you happiness and uh, excitement and all that? So um, I yeah. still need to check that app out, but I will do sometime soon for sure. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. All right. Well, that brings me to the end of that. Do you want to talk some news? Yeah, sounds good. All right. So I have two scary science stories um, and then the rest is normal fun stuff. So what do you want to hear first? Um, man, I guess let's get let's go into the science stories. That sounded interesting. Okay. Scary science stories. First off, these are two groups of individuals that um, clearly have not watched a science fiction movie in the past. Well, ever. Um, first <laughs> okay. science. First science stories. Scientists have taught spinach to send emails about landmines. And your brain is, you're probably scratching your head <laughs> going, what? <laughs> Along with all of our listeners, what? <laughs> Scientists have. Yeah, won. that's. <laughs> you're going to love it. Sorry. No, it's just some, it, that's like some, like, the galaxy is on Orion's belt sort of uh, cryptic messaging. Like, I have no idea what the heck that means, but keep yep. going. <laughs> okay. So, scientists have wired spinach plants with nanotechnology that can detect certain chemical compounds in the Earth. If a landmine is detected, the nanotech sends an email alerting about the threat. <laughs> wow. So we have given plants an organic material nanotechnology. Now, that just screams organic material, um, computer-engineered technology blending together. That's how the Borg were created. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I just think like the idea is cool. That's I mean, that's kind of spiffy that they can do that. But you're at the same time, you're like, that's really messed up. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it is a cool concept, especially when you look at the sort of like national defense sort of implications of it. But as far as like the dystopian implications of it, that's really frightening. And uh, it it's just creepy because it's like if they can put nanobots into spinach, they can definitely put them into us. And that's a very frightening thought. So, <laughs> yeah, you're right. This was a very scary <laughs> story to bring up for sure. Well, here's the next scary story. <laughs> yeah. Elon Musk, our friend who uh, owns Tesla and is now the richest man in the world and owns SpaceX and, you know, put it and now has a Tesla orbiting the Earth because why not? Elon Musk is teaching monkeys to play video games with their minds. I uh, I heard I like vaguely heard about this, but didn't look into it. But I thought I 
saw some chatter online about so it. Elon Musk and his like this company he has like that focuses on it. The whole point of this is to it's it's kind of like a restorative uh, brain function kind of a study. But um, they have wired the brain of a monkey with neural implants so the monkey could play right now Pong with its mind against the computer. Um, so on one hand, that's kind of cool when you think about the implications as to how this might go to like Alzheimer patients or dementia patients or that kind of stuff or um, any child with a disability and being able to think, you know, where they can't use their hands or something like that. That's kind of cool. Um, because mm -hmm. it's a study that you can focus on going, well, we can do it over here. Apparently when I read into the article, they did it with a pig, not with a video game, but in general, they did it with a pig first before they moved to monkeys. So they've been increasing the species, I guess. But the scary part about this is when I read the headline before I read the article, all I thought to myself was clearly Elon Musk did not see planet of the games. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> um, but yeah, now in, oh, yeah. I, I guess um, is that what happened in like Rise of the Planet of the Apes is that they uh, it was some sort of experiment like that that uh, increased their uh, mental abilities. Yeah. yeah, eventually. Yes. So <laughs> my, my, my head my head went straight to the old like 70s movies, uh, the Planet of the Ape movies, where because uh, when I was a kid, I always just assumed it was like in the future. Apes just had like evolutionary leaps. But, yeah, you're right. Thinking back to the uh, the newer movies, it was like a science thing. Um, I just forgot about that. But yeah, I, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so either way, both are both either way, we're screwed. <laughs> yep. Both are cool. Both yeah. Are terrifying. Um, all right. So let's talk the fun stuff, shall we? Um, All right. Actually, let's talk about one sad story. Um, this bums me out um, really bad. So they were talking. We have had amazing anime stuff hit Netflix like uh, Castlevania is a really good example. Uh, the He-Man Masters of the Universe reboot is going to be hitting Netflix sometime this year. Uh, we have a possibility of um, the uh, Batman animated series making a comeback on HBO Max. Um, we've had some really cool animation things come up recently. Um, yeah. and, um, everyone seems to be like expounding in the animation world. And I say that because Netflix keeps pumping out these like cartoons and then, you know, you have this on the anime side and then you have like Clone Wars and like you have these other stuff coming out cause they have another Clone Wars show, uh, the bad batch coming out on Disney plus soon. This. Yeah. I, okay. So there. Nintendo had a Legend of Zelda animated series planned. And yes, I, I heard about this. Well, it's scrapped. So they it wasn't animated. I'm not. Oh, well, that's a good. That's a good question. I'm not. For 100%. some reason, for some reason, I thought I saw that it was going to be live action. Well, um, it, live action animated. Here's what I know. Um, there were there was a secret uh, Star Star Fox claymation project that Nintendo pulled the plug on everything after it leaked online. So it was like apparently there was a Star Fox animation thing and a Legend of Zelda Netflix series all got scratched because the leak hit. Now, nice. I would think the announcement of a show would be a good thing. <laughs> like, yeah. No one's given it to him yet, but if someone found out that you were doing it, I think that'd be a good thing because then you're drumming up 
it's good press. It, you're drumming up business, basically. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that is weird that they scrapped the whole thing. Um, and disappointing because both of those ideas, the Ze- Legend of Zelda series and the Star Fox uh, series or movie or whatever it was going to be, that sounds really cool. Um, and it's kind of it sounds unfortunate that it got leaked. And then, you know, we don't it's one of those sort of this is why we can't have nice things sort of situations, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, OK, so in terms of having nice things, uh, let's talk about Game of Thrones real quick. Um, so this is cool. This is, this has me excited. Uh, and this is something I wondered about when they announced the house of the dragon, uh, prequel series for HBO. Uh, so the house of the dragon was with the eight with the game of Thrones prequel series. I was wondering about the score and the theme song. Um, Rami, uh, I, I always feel like I'm butchering the name. So I hope I'm saying that right. will compose the score for house of the dragon. So um, I'm really excited about this because that score for the actual the Game of Thrones proper is astounding. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Other Game of Thrones news. HBO is in the process of putting together an animated Game of Thrones series. Interesting. Yep. Um, I don't know if it's supposed to be CG or hand drawn or more of like an anime style. What I do know is that. HBO, the last animated series that I paid attention to, the HBO had their hands on was the Spawn animated series. And it was amazing. So (laughs) absolutely. But that was uh, I mean, that was that that was over 20 years ago at this point. Right. So it's kind of uh, it's definitely a wild card. But that on paper, it sounds awesome. So we'll see how this one goes on paper. It does. So let's see what happens. It also could allow them to. an animated series, depending on the kind of animation they do, it would allow them, they wouldn't have to build sets. So it would allow them to maybe do um, some bigger things that we weren't able to see in the actual show or, you know, that kind of thing, where they would have budget mm-hmm. constraints and stuff. Um, okay, let's talk about, yeah, all right. So Golden Globe nominations are in. Um, oh, nice. And um, it's a lot of it is like you things you'd expect. The one I'm just going to point out one of them because I was I was very excited about it because it's important. And that's the fact that The Mandalorian got a nomination for Best Drama Television Series. Oh, cool. Which is like that's like the highest you can go with the Golden Globes. So um, good for The Mandalorian. It's a very important thing for that to happen. Whether it wins or not, it's on the list. And that's what's important. So. Absolutely. Um, okay, next up, uh, the title of Matrix four possibly has been leaked. Um, and it looks like it might be called and it looks like it has been possibly leaked by a crew member who worked on the film. Um, it looks like the leak is going to be titled uh, The Matrix Resurrections. OK, I um, don't I don't mind that as far as. uh Keeping in brand with the prequels to this movie, it makes absolute sense. You know, it it, Matrix Reloaded, uh, Matrix Revolutions, Matrix uh, Resurrection. Was that what it's called? Yeah, Um, it just it it definitely flows off the tongue and it is on brand. I get really worried when they reboot or sequelize or, you know, do different things with older movie um, 
franchises because a lot I was half expecting this next one to be called the matrix or something like that, where it's very vague and just kind of like, wait, so is this the first one or, you know, which order know. do I watch this? I but, uh, I actually like that title. What are you, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I'm okay with the title because it, like you said, it's the on brand issue. Yep. Yeah. So, um, because it's on brand, I just, it kind of just flows with the other titles. Uh, however, they're all our titles. So it's The Matrix, The Matrix Reloaded, The Matrix Revolutions, The Matrix Resurrections. Yeah. So I, I, um, Hopefully they don't run into the problem that the Resident Evil series had where they had to come up with like five different movies that all meant like it died and came back or whatever. <laughs> like it's like every Resident, it was always Resident Evil and then some you know, vague esoteric word that just meant there's another one of these and it's going to be badass. And uh, hopefully the matrix gets to be a little bit more original than that. They don't get stuck in that uh, sort of uh, problem, I guess. Yes. Agreed. Um, we'll see. Uh, Keanu Reeves said that the script is amazing. So. Oh, good to hear. I, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. So whatever, it's going to be on HBO max for me. So, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Um, okay. So. This is not a surprise, I don't think. Um, it wasn't announced at the Disney shareholders meeting. Um, I feel like this is something we should have seen coming. Um, but a Wakanda series is coming to Disney+. Plus. No, that's um, pretty cool. Yeah, like I said, I feel like it's something we should have seen coming. So awesome. In my opinion, the coolest part about it is it's going to be developed uh, by Black Panther director Ryan Coogler. Um, mm -hmm. So he's handling both films, the first one, the second one, and he will be handling the show. I don't know if he's on as an executive producer or if he's going to be a showrunner or if he's just going to direct the first episode. That's kind of irrelevant right now. It just says that he is on board for it. So, I mean, that's all great. And uh, I could just say, like, Black Panther is uh, as far as the Marvel movies go. That's one of the few ones that has that super in-depth world building that people just really want more of. So that's going to be awesome if there's a whole series that we get to see more of Wakanda and uh, yeah, just more of their technology and stuff like that. That'll be great. Yep. All right. Um, Falcon and the winter soldier news. This is a potential spoiler because no one's seen the show, but this was announced on the internet. And if you look at the internet, you've probably already got it spoiled for you. Um, War Machine will be making an appearance in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's interesting. I didn't see this one, so I didn't know this was going to happen, but it kind of seems like a no brainer, don't you think? I think with these Marvel shows, any crossover period is a no brainer. Yeah. So when the Internet gets really excited, like Rhodey's going to be in here, like, <laughs> yeah, OK, it's Marvel. Like they're it's it's not like. It's not like they said we're going to do Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but Sebastian Stan and uh, Anthony Mackie can't play the characters because they are signed on for the big screen only. So we got to recast for this show that we're doing. No, we got the actual actors to play the characters for this show. So why not? We'll just get the other actor like, hey, uh, Don Cheadle, you do anything? Can you come in for an episode? You know what I mean? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. And I think the three of um, if it, if there are some action scenes with just the those three characters, I do think there's some really cool, uh, really cool things they could choreograph with, uh, you know, all three of their, you know, fighting styles. So that'll be pretty interesting to see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like I and I, I just think it's a no brainer. So, yeah, you know, they could say Dr. Strange is going to make an appearance. Why not? 
You know what I mean? Like it's it's Marvel. Let them do whatever crossovers they do. Don't get too excited over it and just enjoy the ride because that's what they're doing. They they set mm-hmm. this they set the stage and this is going to be great. So <laughs> so so in conclusion, don't get excited. <laughs> no, like get excited, but sometimes I'm, I'm just I'm just giving you crap. Sometimes the internet just blows things like so out of proportion and like. You know, when you doom scroll through social media and you're just like war machine, war machine, war machine, war like, okay, guys, it's it's a Marvel show. Of course, he's going to be. Of course, there's a chance for any Marvel character to pop up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) That's that's the only thing I have. It's like there's a chance for any of them to make an appearance. Um, They could do a flashback scene and we get a Black Widow moment. You know what I mean? It's not unheard of. Like they're they set the stage to do this that way. Mm. Um. All right, so um, this. All right, we're going to talk about the Snyder Cut for a second. Um, but did you do you listen to Kevin Smith's podcast, uh, Fat Man Beyond? Um, I I do here and there. I haven't for probably about a month or so. So right. whatever you're going to say, I probably he, haven't heard from him. He said something really funny the other day that caught me by surprise, and it made me realize <laughs> that this is kind of becoming the the term Snyder Cut has become very infamous in its own right, that it's kind of transcended beyond the idea of what a director's cut is. Um, I guess Kevin Smith, when he shot Jersey Girl, um, he shot so much footage that he he cut out a bunch of footage. And I guess Miramax reached out to him about a potential reboot of Jersey Girl. And his response was, well, why don't we just release the director's cut because I cut all this footage out. But he goes, I would title it... um, Jersey girl, the Snyder cut, because (laughs) (laughs) and his reasoning was that the term Snyder cut tells the story that the director actually had a vision and it had to be changed because of a studio. And we're putting this out so you could see the director's vision. And that's what a director's cut is. But this is the Snyder cut is the ultimate director's cut vision. (laughs) So. The term Snyder Cut is almost being is almost replacing the term director's cut. And it kind of made me laugh a little bit. (laughs) I I love it. It's one of those things, you know, how every year um, it's like every year Webster's dictionary adds a couple new words. I almost want Snyder Cut to be like one of this year's words. And like if the word Snyder Cut itself had that sort of uh, just what you're saying, like reaches that sort of like collective unconscious uh definition where it just means like an against all odds director's cut that has so much hype and stuff that's a really cool bit of um wordplay or pop culture i don't know how you want to phrase it but it's kind of just a really cool thing and it's a good point like i love the uh infamy that uh the term snyder cut has achieved for sure yeah um well we did talk in previous weeks about how it's going to be a four-hour movie as opposed to a four-part television series, which is great. I cannot wait. The official release date is March 18th. Um, and very soon, by the time this podcast, by the time this episode drops, we will be very close on the brink of the final trailer before um, uh, the movie actually releases. So there's going to be one more trailer. Yeah. And there's been a ton of footage, not footage, but still images released. Like there's a new one of the Joker. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, that one's that one's been everywhere and it looks badass. And I feel like I feel like that new Joker image is what David Ayer should have used before the Suicide Squad, because it's 
the Joker's in the background. He's not in focus. You can't really see him super detailed, but he's holding up that Joker uh, card in the foreground. And it's true. It's just there to get you hyped and for you to know this character is going to exist. He's going to have a presence in this movie, but it's not done in a way that everybody can nitpick the details and be negative about it. And that's what I appreciated about it the most. Uh, what were you going to say, though? Well, what I was going to say was that the, the Suicide Squad film takes place before Justice League does. So the fact that the Joker could have changed appearance in some way Ayer's vision compared to Snyder's vision and the fact that it's the same actor means that we very well could have a Joker that's changed appearance a little bit, um, altered like the makeup, that kind of who we don't know because it's a very fuzzy picture. Um, and I don't know if you saw the image that got released recently uh, for, with some more Nightmare Batman sequence. I, I so I might have. Is it like a close up shot of his face? No, it's like a back oh. it's a shot of him. He's standing like in a hallway. It looks like maybe you can't really make it out. The whole photo is in black and white. So he's standing like in a hallway. It looks like a familiar hallway. If you saw Batman versus Superman, there's a nightmare sequence. Nice. Looks like a familiar hallway that we've already seen. But <laughs> it's on his, it's of his, it's from the backside. So you just see the nightmare Batman costume. You can't see much. You just you don't really know what he's standing in front of or it's just an empty hallway. You have no clue. The point of me bringing that up is the fact that we're getting another nightmare sequence, if not multiple. So um, awesome, because that's probably one of that's the nightmare sequence is amazing. Um, Yeah. And then officially, the Snyder Cut will be rated R. Um, it'll be rated R for strong violence, pervasive language, drug content, and some sexuality. My guess is that it's rated R. They, we talked about the possibility of this because we, there was a report that Batman dropped some F-bombs. Um, if you go back and watch Batman versus Superman, there is one F-bomb in the director's cut as well as some extra violence, but it wasn't. It wasn't so over the top. If you would have like given the violence without the F bomb, it probably would have got PG thirteen. If you would have done the F bomb without the without the violence, it would have probably gotten PG thirteen. So I don't know how much more this one is, but it's going to be a rated R version. So yeah, interesting. I I kind of expected that since uh, the BVS Ultimate Edition is rated R as well. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But it definitely doesn't sway my opinion one way or another at this point um as far as the rating goes um but yeah so that's basically it for the news okay cool i feel like it was light but we talked a little longer on news than i thought we were going to based on the light news that we had so are you (laughs) ready to talk the list yeah let's go for it awesome um so yeah dude it's the list uh ryan you know what that means so please man roll the thing for the top five. All right, Peter, this was your list. Um, So do you want to explain the list to everyone since if they didn't listen last week? (laughs) Yeah. So um, I was basically sitting there and I was thinking about the Mandalorian and I decided it would be cool to do a list that's focused on 
bounty hunters, mercenaries, assassins, etc. So that's basically what I decided to do. So this is our top five favorite bounty hunters and mercenaries. And uh, there's not necessarily too much more of a story there than that. But uh, I think this will be a fun one. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this list, Drew? Or do you just want to jump in? Yeah. So um, this list I found very difficult for <laughs> reasons. The biggest reason was... I was like, bounty hunters and mercenaries. Okay, so where are the majority of the bounty hunters and mercenaries? Because I was trying to be a little bit like, let's hit every area of the known pop culture <laughs> landscape. But okay, so, yeah. so many of them come from Star Wars and comic books. Yep. And I was like, wow, this is a very niche category in a way that I didn't think it was a niche category. Um so I feel where I wanted to try and be a little bit um, variety with my list. I wasn't getting that when I was really breaking it down into what's what. Yeah, so. I, th I, I do think that there are I think there's a lot of movies and stuff out there where there are bounty hunters that make appearances. But when it comes to like your favorite bounty hunters and all of pop culture like you're right it's all like star wars and comic book stuff for the most part so, right. so i definitely this, understand the struggle struggle there and i feel that because of that you and i are going to match a lot so this could be a quick <laughs> through on the list <laughs> That's i will true. i will say that i have zero um honorable mentions so okay i actually have two so i could actually jump into those if you want sure. um my first one has I don't really have too much to say besides just that I think he looks really cool, but I picked Bosk from Star Wars. And this is one of those things that going back to uh, when I was a kid and watching Star Wars, I always just thought Bosk looked really awesome. You know, just this crazy reptilian sort of bounty hunter dude. And you never really saw him do much in the movies, but when you see him in Empire Strikes Back, I just thought that guy looks badass. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. I know there's probably a lot of comic books or um, extended universe like adventures with Bosk that I just haven't experienced. But overall, this one was strictly a aesthetic choice for me. Um, season three of the Clone Wars finale. Okay. Season three finale of the Clone Wars um, is a Bosk specific episode, and it's awesome. Oh, sweet. Uh, Bosk is you see Bosk a few times in the Clone Wars television show, but that episode is Trandoshan heavy, specifically about them hunting Chewbacca and Ahsoka. It's great. And the animation is phenomenal. So sweet. Yeah. Um, so what's your next one? Yeah, my next one, which you might give me a little crap for this one because it's just an honorable mention, but I picked uh, Din Djarin from The Mandalorian, and uh, this is a character I've, I love, and I've come to love more and more, especially in the second season. Like, I thought they just knocked that season out of the park, and he was just a really badass character, and just his adventures have been so cool to watch. He's only an honorable mention just because I've lived with this character a lot less like uh, than some of the other characters on my list. You know, it's not a character that I've loved for years. It's somebody that I've only known for a short period of time. So that's the only reason he's an honorable mention, but uh, definitely, definitely a great pick in my opinion. So I, I mean, I, I agree. So, we'll, yeah. Um, <laughs> OK, so. Uh, my first one on the list, I feel like I'm going to get a, some crap for because he's not higher placed. 
but and I have a feeling you. I mean, it isn't in a particular order, so I know. But I feel like <laughs> you and I kind of matched on this, and I feel like you're going to be like, I was going to talk about him later, but I'm talking oh, about no, him. no worries. <laughs> um, and the only reason I feel like I'm going to get some crap on this is because people are going to be like, really? There? Wouldn't you make him like your favorite? Um, <laughs> this this individual is Boba Fett. Um, okay, we we did match on this one. So <laughs> okay, so the thing with Boba Fett is, and this is so. We're going to take the Mandalorian show out of the equation for a moment. Okay. In the past 40 years, we didn't see Boba Fett physically do much. (laughs) If you just watched the movies, he didn't really do anything. He just looked cool and you knew he was a bounty hunter. And that spawned kids and fans and writers and comic book writers and artists to create this mythos for this character. So he basically transcended the films in terms of his badassery, I guess you could say, because he um, uh, and he became infamous in his own right. But it was not from George's storytelling. Do you know what I mean? So Boba Fett's awesome. And he is like the original bounty hunter for like people from my like. People that I grew up with, Boba Fett is the original bounty hunter. And there's no way I can do this list without acknowledging Boba Fett. Um, now you throw the Mandalorian into the mix and we actually got to see Boba Fett like almost like in his prime. Like if we could have seen Boba Fett do that when he was younger and a little bit more, you know, agile and stuff. Holy cow. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I don't know if you have anything to add on Boba Fett. I just. Yeah. So I, I will say by the time we see him in Mandalorian, like maybe he's not as young and uh, in shape as he's always been. But I always feel like he just seems like such a seasoned fighter and such a you know, he's got a lot of experience. And that's why he is so swift and such a good fighter and stuff in that show. Um, and I actually agree with you. We don't see Boba Fett do much. Um we haven't seen him do much like in the totality of, um, I guess the on screen star Wars universe, but honestly, like his appearance in Mandalorian is kind of what made him an actual pick for me, as opposed to an honorable mention. Cause he's this character who you always loved as a kid. He always looked super cool, but like you said, you don't see him do much and we're finally seeing seeing him get like maybe the glory that he deserved and seeing him do some really awesome things and be in a lot of really cool fight scenes on screen. So this one, I agree with you, but it's actually the Mandalorian show that uh, actually kind of swayed my opinion where I'm just like, no, Boba Fett makes my final top five for sure. So, uh, right. yeah, that's about all I have. Well, to say even if the Mandalor- about- even if the Mandalorian show didn't exist, Boba Fett was going to make my top five because Boba Fett's the original bounty for me. Yep. Do you know what I mean? And I've always thought Boba Fett was cool. I just got irritated with the perpetual Boba Fett's amazing. And then you're like, really? Because if I look over here, which is the majority of the average, because the average film goer is not reading the comics or the novels. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it's just kind of like, okay, wait, what? Um, (laughs) But yeah, so um, yeah, so Boba Fett, you know, he had to go up there. So I guess it's my turn again, right? Yes. Okay, so this is another one that probably should be higher, but I also feel like it's an obvious pick, which we probably matched on again. And there's no way to not have this guy on the list because of his popularity in terms of comic books, in terms of the films. And that is the Merc with the Mouth Deadpool. 
<laughs> nice. We definitely matched on this one too. Like um, I said, we're gonna be matching all night, except for one because I'm willing to. For, I'm willing to bet you forgot one. Um, <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll find out. Um, well, Deadpool, I was probably gonna save for last just because I think he's my favorite on this on my list, um, okay. and that's just because I love his bombastic, ridiculous personality. I think his uh, he's got a cool he's got cool powers, and he um, he just. I, I just I just appreciate his fighting style. I like the uh, switching between guns and swords and knives. And uh, it's kind of a really all over the place. Like he has a lot of different weapons he can use. And I really enjoy that stuff. But um, yeah, it's it, I mean, we've talked a lot about Deadpool before in the past. So I don't know if I'm treading on any new ground right now. But uh, no, I just think he's a cool character, you know, <laughs> so many people think he's a cool character and he's he's basically become an iconic character. And it's and he's on his own become infamous. And even though it's a rated R film, the majority of the kids can't see. They know the character. They know where he's from. Everybody likes him. Um, he uh, I really like his weapons. I really like the, the costume. He looks fantastic. Uh, his fighting styles. The fact that his tragic backstory just adds, gets added to when you add in his sense of humor, because, like, he gets angry, but he's still funny with it. And, like, you know, it, it just helps him be more annoying to his enemies. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of, like, perfect in this, like, really dark sort of a way. So, um, but, yeah. Nice. Peter, did I lose you? Okay. There was a pause. I'm no. like, oh, I, kinda, I thought I lost you there. Um, so I guess it's <laughs> my go again, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> All right. So because Deadpool's there, I have to talk about this one next. And that is um, Deadpool is technically a ripoff of another character, uh, which you and I probably matched on again. Um, <laughs> very, very similar in terms of design and uh not tragic backstory, but in terms of design and fighting style and stuff. And that is on the DC end of the pool is Deathstroke. Yep. We matched on this one. Okay. Um, And I wanted to talk about them only in that order because Deathstroke is technically the first. The biggest difference between Deathstroke and Deadpool is that Deathstroke is dark and very serious. He's not humorous at all. And it's kind of like... It's kind of like Rob Liefeld was reading DC one day and goes, this guy's cool. How can I like make my own version of this? And he created Deadpool thinking he can be funny and fourth wall breaking and that kind of stuff. So but Deathstroke is like the original Merc with the mouth, if you will. Um, he's dark. He is very serious. He's very dangerous. He's definitely like he's definitely that one of those DC villains that when I'm reading the book, and you don't know a Deathstroke crossover is coming, and then you turn the page, and you're like, "Oh, this is gonna get good," you know? Um, yeah, that's actually and, a really good point. And and we're gonna get some Deathstroke action in uh, the Snyder cut. So rock, you know, rock the party on that one. You know what I mean? So yeah, one of uh, so like I I like both Deadpool and Deathstroke, but one of my favorite parts of. Uh, the sort of uh, how Deadpool is a ripoff of Deathstroke is that he is such a shameless uh, ripoff of that character. And that is one thing that I just uh, I just think it's great how shameless that uh, that ripoff is. And I feel like that's almost it almost makes it excusable because it's almost like Rob Liefeld wasn't trying to hide that this character was a ripoff at all. Actually, he was rubbing our faces in it, which is really hilarious. But um 
overall Deathstroke is a really cool character. I do agree with you that whenever he kind of like ends up showing up at the end of a comic or something, you just know things are going to get really epic. And his character has this sort of uh, just his appearances have sort of a weight to them that you don't necessarily expect, but it always gets you excited. Um, I really love uh, my, I, I really loved uh, the new new 52 comics with Death, Deathstroke, the ones that uh, Simon Beasley drew. And that was mostly because of the artwork. But uh, there's some awesome artwork in there. And then uh, as far as like. I, I whenever I think of Deathstroke, I also think back to the first two seasons of Arrow because I think Manu Bennett did such a good job portraying that character, but also had there's so much like, again, epicness and weight and just some really good drama and all the things he did in there. So, um, yeah. yeah, really cool character. Um, again, like really cool fighting style, really cool uh, weapons and all that. So, uh, yeah, great pick. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that throws back to me again. Yeah. And this is the one I don't. This is the one I don't think we matched on. And, okay. Uh, this is Bron from Game of Thrones. <laughs> we actually did. Good, good lord. All right. Uh, I was like, when I, when I thought about, it, I was like, ooh, that's gonna that's gonna totally mess him up. Um, all right. So Bron. So when someone goes, how is Bron a mercenary or a um, bounty hunter? Well, he's not a bounty hunter. He's definitely a mercenary. In the world of Game of Thrones, Bron is what you would refer to as a sellsword. And yep, what makes absolutely. him a mercenary is that you, he sells his sword to work for whoever. So um, if the price is right, Bron's on your side kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. The coolest part about the character is how confident he is about himself. Like, he knows what he wants. He's going to get what he wants. He's going to – you know what I mean? Like – and he's good enough with the sword that he can he doesn't have to be cocky or arrogant. He just knows he's good. So, you know, and it's and I love that bit when he you know, when you first meet the character and Tyrion needs that champion for his trial by combat when he's in the Eerie and Bronn's like, I'll fight for him. And everyone's like, what? Why would you stand up for him? And Bronn knows he's basically getting a payday. And that's the only reason. Like, he's just like, all right, this guy's going to pay me a buttload of money if I can get him out of this. Um but I love that bit where he the the one knight gets all armored up and walks out and Bronze just like they're like they go to hand him a shield. He's like, I don't need it. And he's got his one sword and the knight with all the heavy armor is wearing himself down. And then Bronze mm-hmm. kills him. And yeah. uh, Liza's like, you don't fight with honor. And Bronze like, I know he did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like, I don't play by the rules. And that's how I win. That's how I survive. That's one of the reasons what made Bronn so cool from the get go. And then you throw in um, how it just played out throughout the the show. So, yeah, that's that's a good thing to point out. It, that's such a good introduction to that character. And uh, he wasn't right away, but I honestly think Bronn is uh, my favorite character from Game of Thrones because the thing is, you watch some of these series and the main characters a lot of times get really caught up in these weird convoluted subplots and stuff. And and Bran was always a character that I felt like I could re- relate to. And you watch the show and everything he does is badass and everything he does is, you know, he's a very uh, self-serving character, but he doesn't really betray that set of rules. You know, he's always doing what's best for himself. But like I said, everything he does is badass. Like he's one of the best fighters and he's just going to kick some ass and hang out at taverns. And when it came down to it, I was just like, 
this guy's honestly probably the coolest person in the show and nobody realizes it. So, uh, yeah, I definitely agree with this pick obviously cause I matched. Um, and I don't blame you for thinking that I'd forget about this one, but, uh, yeah, this was, I just think Braun is really cool. So <laughs> I guess uh, I can leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. So, and I guess that throws it back to me then in a really yeah. weird way, we're getting a full match, but you still have one final pick. Um, yep. And because I know that, you know, what my first pick is at this point um, or my final pick of the night is at this point. But I just think it's interesting that over one hundred and thirty one episodes, we've never had a list match as many times as we have tonight. So <laughs> yeah, uh, good point. That, that, that does speak something to the show and our different tastes and stuff. So it's it's all good. Um, all right. So my final pick of the night is Din Djarin, uh, the Mandalorian. Um, I know you talked about it recently, and it's the only reason I didn't comment earlier in the show when we talked about him. Uh, the thing about Din Djarin for me is that he was a breath of fresh air. And in a world where Boba Fett was the original bounty hunter and everyone was all about Mandalorians because of Boba Fett, when you until we saw that episode where Boba Fett actually comes back in Mandalorian season two, up to the point of that episode, Din Djarin made Boba Fett look dumb. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like everything that you've heard about Boba Fett and you look at the movies, you're like, wow, that guy didn't do much. But then when you look at Din Djarin, this guy, not only is he like a good, he's good at his job. He has cool gadgets. He's got a cool ship or he had a cool ship. Um, he's got the cool armor. He literally, he's very Batman ask. He's like, I've, I've compared him to Batman of the Star Wars universe, basically. Um, but he knows how to take a hit. It's like it's like watching Die Hard every week in Star Wars because this guy just he you knock him down and he gets right back up um, and it makes the character that much cooler when you have a character and I don't want to make say that the character is um, uh, invulnerable you know what I mean when you make a character too powerful it's they get boring but this is a guy that's been on death's door and Baby Yoda had to help him you know what I mean so he's definitely mortal. Um, but he definitely knows how to take a hit and you can knock him down, but he keeps coming back and the, the not giving up factor makes him even cooler. So, um, I mean, he's got, he also has that like nearly impenetrable armor and, uh, I don't know. I think that when you have somebody like because because I had never thought of Din Djarin as invulnerable and I don't really think the show is written that way. But he does have super powerful armor and a lot of really good weapons as well. And um, like I'm I'm a big Superman fan and uh, people complain about Superman being overpowered, overpowered. But I always say, well, that just means his villains have to be that much more powerful. And you think about the Mandalorian like. Din Djarin's a character who's gone up against a uh, dark saber and he's gone up against a crate dragon. And it allows us to see a lot of really cool things. Um, you know, the fact that he is a really good warrior and he does have this really powerful or really strong armor, I guess I should say. So, yeah, yeah, I, I never I never thought of him that way. And I definitely understand why he made your list. Obviously, he's one of my favorite bounty hunters, too. So and yeah. I agree and I agree we haven't lived with Din Djarin in the same capacity as most star Wars. Cause like the original star Wars I've been living with for 40 years now, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where, um, Din Djarin, we've only been living with him for a couple seasons, but we've had more Din Djarin than we've ever had Boba Fett. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a good point. 
So <laughs> I can't really argue. With that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's that's the big issue I have there. And that's why I was like, didn't like, you know, I bought the I, as soon as the hat was as soon as that new era hat was available with his logo on it. I'm like, I'm going to get that one, you know, like so. <laughs> I got the ra- and I got the Razor Crest Lego set. You know what I mean? Like, clearly, he's definitely a favorite. Um, the top five r- report brought to you by New Era. Just kidding. Yeah, right. Well, no, because I so I wear that hat often. Like it's 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 literally like it's a New Era hat, and it's got the Dinjar and the Mudhorn logo on it. And every now and then, and what's great is it doesn't say Star Wars anywhere on it. It just has that New Era logo on the side, and it's got the Mudhorn logo, and that's it. And every now and then I will be out somewhere and someone will go, where did you find the hat? Or nice. that's a fantastic hat. Where'd you get that? Or like, you know what I mean? People like the the true fans ask and I love it. And I know people have looked at it going, I don't understand his hat. And then some people are like, where'd you get that? You know, um, <laughs> and, and, and usually the guy asking is making you a burrito, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Throw like that. Uh, I don't just, even. I wish I knew which episode your burrito Green Lantern guy story was from. That, but. that was just a funny night because he's like, <laughs> dude, I'm like you too, because he's got the Black Lantern hat on. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. Anyway, so what's your final pick of the night, man? Yeah. So I didn't mean this to be my last pick at all, but we just matched a lot. But uh, my final pick is Lobo from uh, DC ah. Comics. And this is we've talked about this character before, so I don't have to go. Well, I feel much, bad that Lobo was not anywhere on my list, but that's okay. yeah, he he is one of the first uh you know, within like the top three characters that I thought of right away. But uh, Lobo is another one where a big part of his, it is his aesthetic. Like he just looks really cool. He looks tough and mean and badass. And uh, he's got, you know, he's got a cool power set and uh, he's got, you know, cool weapons. I like the whole like, you know, he's like a alien biker from space and that sort of aesthetic just looks badass. And he's one yeah, of those characters he's, he's that the uh, man. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And uh I just I just love that uh he's one of those characters uh where you just look at him and you just know he's you know he's here to kick butt and break some skulls and he just has that look about him that's really mean, you know, and there's only a couple other characters that have that, you know, like Wolverine definitely has that, uh, some other ones, but Lobo is just one of those guys who his appearance is just like, it tells you everything you need to know about you, about that character, which I love. Um, and then also just like humor wise, I think he, because of the way he swears a lot, but he really like self censors his swear words. I think it leads to a lot of great, like funny scenes and different comics and animated series he's shown up with in like how he, he calls people bass stitches, for example, and stuff like that. I always found that super amusing. So yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts on Lobo drew. Um, Lobo. And I, again, I feel bad that I didn't put him on my list. Um, what I love about Lobo is you're right. The, the aesthetics, the way he looks, the fact that he's on the motorcycle. What I love about the character is that when you see him, when he makes an appearance, like you don't know he's coming in a comic and then he's suddenly there and you're just like, oh, this is going to be fun. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Like that's the immediate reaction. Like this is going to be great. This is going to be fun and funny and weird and it's awesome. Um, the funny thing about Lobo is he has the regenerative abilities, Um, and he's had the strange regenerative power abilities, just like Wolverine and Deadpool in terms of like not being able to die. So, um, what's fun about Lobo is the ultimate who would want to fight Lobo or Wolverine. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) so you, when you have that, uh, unstoppable force meeting an immovable object, um, (laughs) 
it would it would just be you know but see then you take Deadpool and put him up against Lobo it's just funny like I you know like I don't know it's just he's such a great great character I do prefer I don't uh, New Fifty Two Lobo Lobo I did not like as much and it has nothing to do with the writing it has to do with the physical look of the character because they made him skinny um, I, where, I absolutely agree where, they they gave him more like a skinny greaser look which. I wasn't as big of a fan yeah, of either. But, and it's not like he's overweight. He's just big and bulky in terms of his previous iteration. So, yeah, um, the, I will say one more thing about Lobo, which I think is kind of funny. Um, and this is kind of just a comic book art uh, sort of fun little Easter egg or whatever you want to call it. But I saw somebody online once talking about Lobo's hair because when you see Lobo and we'll exclude the new 52 version from this discussion, but when you see a picture of Lobo, he either has long like metalhead sort of hair or he's got still long hair, but it's like really spiky and it kind of varies from artist to artist. And uh, somebody was saying like, Oh yeah, Lobo's hair is uh, it's up to the artist, how they want to draw him. And I kind of really love that sort of like, that's a variable Um, in the same sort of like forum discussion or wherever I saw this, somebody pointed out that Batman's ears are the same way. Like if you're a comic book artist and you're drawing Batman, everything has to be on model but it's up to the artist whether Batman has long ears and or short ears. And I always thought that was like a funny tidbit, which I feel like is for the most part true, which is kind of interesting. Like you yeah. have to make Batman's uh, costume look how it's supposed to look. But if you want to give him long ears or short ears, it's kind of up to you. And it was kind of a, of a facetious comment, but I think it's kind of a, just a funny thing to think about. So, yeah. And uh, in terms of Batman, I am a fan of the short ears as opposed not Adam West short, but like uh, Jim Lee short would be the best example um, in terms of my opinion there. So, yeah, um, I, I'm I mean, if I was going to say, I think that with a realistic art style, usually short ears look better. And with a uh, more cartoony style, sometimes the long ears looks better. So it kind of depends for me, but nice. Well, that brings us to the end of the list, man. And this makes us this uh, shortest episode we've had in a while. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, what uh, do you want to know what we're doing next week? Yeah. What's, what do we got going? I'm going to throw you a curveball, and we're all going to like strap in for some Saturday morning cartoons. And we are going to talk about our top five Cartoon Network original television shows. Nice. Okay, this is this will be fun. Yeah, so Cartoon Network originals. So be careful when you're looking that up, because when I was Googling it to maybe do a list for this, there were several shows that I thought were Cartoon Network originals that were not. Um, so just keep in mind that's what I was focusing on. So because then you could roll into Disney or because some of them, when you look at Saturday morning cartoons, some of them landed ABC and Fox and stuff like that. So um, Cartoon Network being one of the big powerhouses for cartoons. um, And I love animation because I really get into like the idea of voice acting and I pay attention to who's doing what and voices here and there and that kind of thing. And so, um, yeah, so I, I just thought that'd be a fun one to discuss. So, yeah, that that sounds really fun. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. And I know like 
all the uh, cartoon cartoons, as they used to call them, would be included, like Dexter's Lab, Johnny Bravo, yep. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yep. But I'm trying to. Th- I'll have to do some research to know which one, which other ones are actually included. I know that most of the Toonami shows, as well as like a lot of the animes and stuff, I think would be out of the question. But uh, um, this one check- should be a fun list to uh, tackle. Be careful with Toonami because some of them might have been developed for Cartoon Network, making it a Cartoon Network original. Some of them, like Dragon Ball Z, for example, were not developed for Cartoon Network and ported over to the Adult Swim platform. So, yeah. Toonami very well could have something there for you. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that's a good point. There's one off the top of my head that I'm pretty sure was original. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, it'll just take some research. But, yeah, this will be a fun one to uh, talk about. All right, dude. Well, uh, that kind of brings us to the end of the episode and another episode in the can. Um, so if everyone will do us a favor, check out our website, top five report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and, um, Facebook, as well as a link to our email, uh, top five report at gmail.com. You can hit us up on our email or on our social media. Either way works. If you want to interact with us, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I swallowed wrong there for a second. <laughs> um, uh, we are on Google. We're on Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us there. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. Uh, you can also leave us a review. We love those five stars, but we also understand criticism because it makes us um, get better and it makes the words we say feel important. You can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I'll be confirming that if Deadpool and Deathstroke decide to throw down, Wilson is definitely going to win. Uh, Wilson from Home Improvement? <laughs> well, no, the one the one that's uh, last name is Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah, good point. Wilson will be the winner. Um, all I right. do think I do think that Wilson from Home Improvement practiced Kung Fu, though. I'm sure he did like all sorts of weird martial arts and stuff. He, so he probably did. Um, at any rate, that being said, um, <laughs> the top five report. I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, everybody.